Welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We are excited to talk to about the show Physical on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. Wow, I hate that. I can never it's say that. Bad. You should never have a thing that has three words in the title of your I know. streaming platform. That's really hard. Um, anyway, it's a very complicated and interesting show, so we are anxious and excited to talk about it, (laughs) I would say. Um, but first, TV news. Jordan, what do you have for us this week? I saw some big news today is that they announced that, um, The White Lotus on HBO will be back for season two, but a different cast at like a different white lotus hotel location (gasps) interesting yeah i feel like that is the right way to do it i'm not caught up i'm like an episode and a half behind on white lotus loving it Mm -hmm. and i really feel like that is such a genius way to go about it um really excited about that idea yeah that is i am excited about that too especially because this cast has been so stacked It'll be fun to have a different cast and see. Hmm. I'm still processing my feelings on um, this season's White Lotus, and I'm already very anxious to talk about that, which I'm sure we will next week. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll pause on my feelings about it right now. I'm intrigued. Especially because you are, I'm pretty sure you're ahead of me, aren't you? Are you caught up? I'm not caught up. I haven't watched this week's. Okay. But I've been watching it more week to week than you have because I think you just yes. barely binged it this week. Yes, exactly. Okay, interesting. M- most of my news is a lot of previews for things were dropped that I actually haven't watched yet. So, like, I feel a little bit bad for even talking about them because I haven't fully watched them. Classic case of bookmarking stuff to watch later and not doing it. <laughs> but, um,. One of the previews that dropped is uh, The Great on Hulu, and season two drops on November 19th, and um, Elle Fanning looks incredible in the trailer. Yes. That is one thing I do know. Yes. I'm, I watched it, but you know what? I don't remember a lot of details, like, plot-related, but I do remember costumes being amazing. Yes. So, as per usual. Um, also kind of glad to see like I feel like everything's dropping like September so kind of nice to know that no in November we'll have something to watch too <laughs> yeah exactly another trailer sort of that dropped is Stranger Things this was a weird trailer because half of it maybe even more than half was like old footage from previous seasons like so I have I have mixed feelings kind of like we've been waiting so long but I'm also trying to remember even if I care anymore. But <laughs> obviously, like, I'll be there for season four. I just love season one so much, and two and three I wasn't as into. But it's still exciting because it's kind of just been, they've been so silent for so long. But we have kind of, like, a light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, I was actually, I'm glad you brought this up because I was like, I'm confused about this. I'll let Jordan talk about this because she'll probably know, know more about it. Because I was under the impression we already had a trailer. 
So I was confused by that, but I it's, it's hard for me to keep track of Stranger Things. Ditto. And I don't even really remember if that was a trailer that we had before this new thing. Because I think it might have been like a title card with music behind it. Like <laughs> the Stranger Things theme song. Like I don't really remember if there were any people in it. So That would make sense. I, I really don't remember. It's like kind of... I don't know. It's like for me, I'm getting so bored with all the teasing, you know. So, well, and there was there were new shots in this new season four trailer, so that was at least good. I think from what I saw, the most shocking part of the trailer was that it's not actually dropping until 2022. Mm, Yeah, Um, pretty nuts. Yeah, to bounce off something that I kind that was kind of mentioned last week it was announced that um elizabeth debicki is going to be playing princess diana in season five of the crown i think i was unsure if they were getting a new actress to play princess diana or not and so it is confirmed that they are and i'm very excited because she is so beautiful um she was in the night manager she was in tenant those are the main things that i've seen her in um but i'm very excited about that casting the crown there you just know how to cast i guess yeah she'll be good i'm trying to remember if i already knew that i was trying to remember that too but um speaking of casting they announced that i'm sad about this because i love buddy gilpin but they she's no longer going to be in um, the new American crime story about uh, Bill Clinton's impeachment. She was going to play Ann Coulter, and now it's going to be Kobe Smolders, who I don't, I'm totally neutral on Kobe. That's totally fine. But I love Betty Gilpin, and I would have preferred to see her shine here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also confusing that they're making casting changes when it's like dropping really soon. Well, and that's actually my last piece of news that I had was that that trailer dropped. And so it's really interesting that there's, like, casting changes after the trailer's already been released. Yeah. that's I thought so, too. It feels extremely messy, and I I don't I feel like it's been cursed, and the curse continues. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, interesting. My last piece of news is um, very much a segue into the rest of our episode because... I saw that physical has, was renewed for season two. Oh, cool. I would hope so. It it needs some more story to yeah, it. Yeah, that would have been a lot of cliffhangers to, <laughs> to drop us off and just never resolve. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. That's good. Especially because I feel like neither of us have seen a ton of people watching it, but we like want to talk to people about it because we're still trying to figure out how we feel about it. So maybe that will, people are obviously watching it if it's our, if it's season two, yes, going to be a season totally. two. One more, I mean, that reminds me of, this is just a tiny piece of news, but Apple TV canceled, um, remember how Sarah Bareilles had a show on Apple TV plus that was like little voice or something. I don't know anything about it, but I read that that's the first thing they've canceled. Oh, sad. So it's like everything gets renewed except that. Um, but interesting because I'm like, well, now she's the Peacock star. Yeah, so. at least she has that. Yes. But yeah, very weird. Hmm. But good for the other shows, I guess. 
All right. So uh, for physical, we are our top three is going to be our top three favorite female antiheroes. And Jordan, will you explain what an antihero means to you? Um, Am I putting yes. you on the spot? <laughs> no, you're well, I mean, you are, but I actually Googled it because I was like, wh- why do I feel like I don't know the technical definition, but I feel like I know it when I see it. Like you get it. Yeah. And I know what's not, who's not an antihero, but the actual dictionary definition I thought was interesting. It's a central character in a story, movie or drama who lacks conventional heroic attributes because, and that actually did help me when I was trying to think of these, because it really does need to be like the main character mm-hmm. because typically if you're the main character is good mm-hmm. or whatever, they're not like the villain in the story opposite a good guy, you know? Yeah. So to me, it's like, um, especially I think it's interesting thinking about female antiheroes because we're so used to like, it's cliche at this point to have a male antihero, like your Walter yes. White, your Don Draper kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. But they are both, those two are good antiheroes because they're literally the main characters, but you are never really quite sure what they're going to do. And by the end of the story, more Walt than Don for sure. But like by the end, I'm like actively rooting against Walt, even though he's the main character. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Well, and I I also Googled it because I had the same exact thing and I was laughing because this person's not on my list, but it was like common examples and it had Walt and Don Draper and then it said, hand a horror bath from girls. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, okay, I wouldn't actually, have thought about yeah. that, but it makes sense. Yeah. Wow. That's actually such a good example. I know. Because it's like, I don't know, like they... It's it's really kind of a fascinating concept because it's like you kind of hate I mean I don't necessarily hate Hannah but I can totally see the argument for her being an antihero. Totally. But it's like it's someone that I kind of have to hate them but like I'm also not going to stop watching the show. Mhm. Like I still want to know what they're going to do. Yeah. Even though like they a lot of times their actions really stress me out and ruin people's lives. Yep, same. Um okay, I'll start my number three uh, favorite seems like a weird word, but we're going to go yeah. with it. A uh, female antihero is Aunt Lydia from Handmaid's Tale. I just okay. like, she is evil, but like, there's something about her where I'm like, there's something deeper going on here. Like, she's so um, complex to me and I still haven't figured her out. And... Yeah, I I still need to know more. I'm not rooting for her necessarily, but I'm too intrigued by her to not have her on my list. Love it. That's a great one. My number three is um, Rebecca from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She's the lead because I know you haven't watched it, so that's her name. (laughs) Thank you (laughs) for clarifying. (laughs) And she, I think that she, like, especially by the end... And throughout, like, you still like her character, but there's several times. It's like it's a very stressful watch. And you're also watching her patterns of her behavior throughout the show. 
And um, especially as she, because she has a lot to learn about her own mental health as she's, that's a huge theme of the show. Mm -hmm. But you're watching and sometimes it is very painful and dark. The, her actions that she takes, but she, she's guiding all the action of the show um, and she's extremely complicated, but it makes for a great watch. Because it's also in ways, too, that, like, you could see a person self-sabotaging themselves like that, you know, in totally. real life. And so it's very, very, it's definitely tough to watch um, a lot of the time, but she's, I think a, she's a great lead. Tough to watch will be, like, said multiple times throughout this episode. <laughs> 100%. Yes. Because it's also, it's funny because I'm like, well, we'll get into this, but I'm like... Rose Byrne's character on physical is 100% an anti-hero that you uh, could be listed, but I would not include her as a, a favorite anti-hero no. of mine. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't made it there yet. <laughs> she no. has some work to do. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes in season two, but yeah. Um. Okay, my number two is Ruth Langmore from Ozark. She's just amazing, and I'm always I'm rooting for her, even though... A lot of times what she's doing is definitely illegal, but like she also, <laughs> she does have more morals than a lot of the other people in that show. Like no one has any morals. So like everyone is bad, but she's just smarter at being bad. And so, yeah, I'm going to, I, Ruth, I love her. I think that's a, a characteristic too of an, of an anti-hero is like, there's actually kind of like strategy involved mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like and they, like, like they know like they they're know bad. They yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. My next one. There's a lot of people you can choose from Game of Thrones. Really. Definitely. But um, I went with Daenerys. Ooh, that's Game a good Thrones. answer. Especially because there, she totally has a twist in her character mm -hmm. through, like, especially the second half of the show. Because she's set up as more of a traditional kind of like underdog hero. Mm -hmm. And even though, yes, I definitely agree with most people that think like certain things just happen. So they escalate way too quickly in the final season. Like they turned her into an anti-hero too quickly. Yes. But I think it's like there's still certain things in her behavior earlier on that I maybe didn't really pay that close attention to that I was like, that's still kind of anti-hero behavior. Like she becomes mm -hmm. very ruthless, very um, unforgiving um, in the name of like her getting her throne. Yeah. Just all eyes um, on the throne. Yes. And so like, I, yeah, I don't think that the show handled it that well, but I think that she definitely does qualify as an anti-hero. Yeah, I agree. Great answer. Especially because I know there are a lot in that show, but Cersei was the only one I really thought of. So I like it. Um, My number one, I'm interested to see what your number one is and if we have the same one or not. Um, My number Drum one roll, is Villanelle. Please. Ooh, amazing answer. I think you're going to like mine too, but okay, I really, great. really, really love Villanelle as the okay. ideal anti-hero for sure. <laughs> Perfect. Um, again, very strategic, knows exactly what she's doing, um, very evil, but I just can't help but root for her, and mm -hmm. it's very complex on my morales. 
I definitely root for her more than almost any other anti-hero. Yeah, and like even female. especially more than like if even just comparing her to Eve. Eve, yes. I root for Villanelle way more than I root for Eve. Eve totally kind of agree. gets what she's gets what she's getting herself into where like Villanelle it's like wait, no. Mm-hmm. That's and my internal like, dialogue. dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, Eve seems more much more clueless. Yes, and Villanelle, Selfish. you could never describe her as clueless. Yeah, no, love it. Um, mine is another one of our all time favorite characters, Selena Meyer. <laughs> oh, great answer. She too. I feel like. It's a theme with antiheroes that they just, like, kind of spiral as their stories go on. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you watch the early seasons, Selena of of Veep, Selena is, like, very self-centered. She doesn't really care about, like... She definitely prioritizes her own political career over, like, the needs of her constituents. Mm-hmm. But earlier on, it's, like, her problems are definitely more... They're definitely smaller, and she is kind of trying to get bills passed that, like, do help people. But, like, thinking of her own legacy, but, like, trying to kind of be more grounded. And then, like, as she, as her career takes off and she becomes president and all this other stuff, like, she totally loses it. Like, she spirals out of control and basically stays out of control, goes mad with power and then trying to get it back and failing at everything and, like, really stomping on people and not trying to hide it anymore you know Mm -hmm. like doesn't even uh, know what a bill is anymore or like an actual policy (laughs) literally no like it's more obvious about how much she like hates her own family (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and all the people that have stayed with her for so like it like that the the series finale is insane it's amazing and it's like terrifying seeing what her her political power has turned her into and stuff. And like, you're definitely not rooting for her. Like you don't want her to have any power at that point. Like Mm -hmm. she's so awful, but you just, you still love her because she's so funny and it's like fun to it's, it's fun and stressful watching her spiral like that, but she's amazing. Great answer. I love it. Okay. Physical is a tv show on apple tv plus it just finished this week i think um our timing was actually kind of perfect i know unplanned but it was perfect do you want to give a brief overview of the show so physical um they describe it as a dark comedy um I didn't laugh that much, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's like, it's definitely a dark, uh, comedy dramedy and it's set in the eighties and it's starring Rose Byrne as a woman with an eating disorder. She's lives in California and her husband is kind of, is like, it follows her and her husband as her husband is starting to kind of run for local office and, um, she becomes obsessed with aerobics and that's kind of like the gist (laughs) it totally is it was funny because when I was watching this show I was actually thinking like wow it's gonna be funny when we're explaining what this show is because it really is so random yeah like eating disorders 
uh, running for office aerobics. Like there's, it's just like kind of three like random, mm-hmm. very Malls. random things. Yeah, malls, <laughs> Mormonism, <laughs> surfing. <laughs> Those are like all very important to this show. Uh, yeah, it's true. Jordan and I talked through this a little bit beforehand because it is such a touch, uh, touchy topic. Um, I feel like it is important to first and foremost say like uh, trigger warning before you think about watching the show, especially women who have struggled with uh, body issues doesn't even have to necessarily be a full on eating disorder. Uh, I think Jordan and I will all speak for myself, but like as someone who hasn't had an eating disorder, I still felt like this show was pretty triggering and just like it more so just made me feel really ill about the way women have to grow up and (laughs) process things around them I totally agree with that uh description right from the get-go of the show kind of the main like technique of the show is that Rose Byrne's character Sheila she's like acting as a narrator and she's narrating her thoughts and um a main theme of the whole show is how horribly she talks to herself and how cruel she is kind of like describing other people that she's talking to and for me especially in the very first episode when I the I mean this happens throughout the show but especially I think in the first couple of episodes before she has like other things kind of to think about I think and mm-hmm. like there's more action driven things the first two are pretty much in Sheila's mind um as your perspective on the show and like it was very triggering like just hearing kind of reinforcing like yeah I it's obviously the point and it's effective is like reinforcing someone's own horrible thoughts about themselves and that causes her how how like her eating disorder causes her to think about herself and all other people that she's interacting with mm-hmm. but like as myself and taylor i know we both are really passionate about like positive body talk and positive body image and like it's something that i'm like the people i follow on instagram and the books that i'm currently listening to and things like that i surround myself in my personal life like very positive things it was very hard and i think kind of dangerous to see this portrayal however realistic that is but I just I don't know how much I would really recommend this to a lot of women to watch just because like yeah it's a tv show but it really it like it's hard not to get in your head that Mm -hmm. like that's how people are thinking about all the people that they interact with and stuff and I also know that it's like that's the point Mm -hmm. but that does it's like it's it's good to to like under kind of understand how it is in the mind of someone who is having these really like a really dark is in a really dark mental health place mm-hmm. um and physical health place but for me it was like extremely unenjoyable to actually watch that play out so that's what i would just say i totally agree with the trigger warning especially and by the end of the season i I totally I I feel like I got past that and I was pretty invested in the plot lines and stuff but I just want to be really clear about that yeah I would say that was my main critique of the show is that 
it almost it just took them a little bit too long to kind of go into Sheila the main character's past to kind of show why she has an eating disorder and like how she got to that sort of mental state um Mm -hmm. because there she did have a uh some background and history that I think would have been more beneficial had we known more closer up front because I think a lot of people watching this will maybe start watching this watching it and thinking oh this is like all women where like Mm -hmm. uh there were a lot of things that led her to where she was and we don't learn about those things until pretty later on and even then it's still not totally uh they're kind of like just thrown in there and I wish that it was kind of uh a bigger plot point so that that was like my main critique but I think I agree with Jordan it got a lot better towards the end and like um she still wasn't like she didn't have a complete 180 and like find um (laughs) yeah uh go to therapy and find help but uh it got more enjoyable and less hard to watch because there were more plot lines and storylines that I thought were more interesting and um seeing more of kind of what was going on from her past was helpful too 100 percent totally agree and like i would say this show has extremely good performances um rose Byrne is really crushing it in this it's yes. just a, it's just a difficult watch so yeah um yeah but i i was really impressed with the whole cast they were all really great yeah i agree i thought that i thought everyone did an extremely good job um there was really, I actually didn't really know anyone from the cast other than uh, Paul Sparks, who played the developer guy. He was the only one that I really knew of. Um, even Rose what Byrne. I've, from? You know, I talked about him recently and I was trying to remember what I brought him up about. Um, but he is from House of Cards. Mm. And I think you even like looked him up. You're like, yeah, I've never seen anything he's been in. And I was like, that's so weird because he's in so many things that I've seen, but they were like all things that you haven't seen. Yeah. He's like in all of my blind spots. Mm-hmm. He's in some oh, of the crown. I hate um, when that happens to me. I know. It's so <laughs> weird. That is so funny. The only people besides Rose Byrne that I recognized were her husband is the guy from I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's literally the only other thing I'd seen of him. And he was a very different character in this versus that. And so I was pretty impressed with him because his character was so distinctly different. Yeah. From the one other thing I've seen of him. That's true. Um, And then the one other guy I recognized who I do love was Ian Gomez, who played her friend Greta's husband, Ernie. He is in... Um, he's married to the lady Nia Vardalos from My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and he's briefly in that. And he's a really big character in Felicity, which is again like something oh, you haven't seen. So it's like yeah. it's really funny. There's like all these like people that like never really cross each other's TV pads. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, that is very fascinating. So yeah, it's an interesting cast for sure, which is like kind of fun because it's very different people, and so it was easy to kind of stay in the realm of the show and not get distracted by mm-hmm. other actors that I know too well from other things. So 
Very, it was interesting. Definitely an interesting experience. Yeah. <laughs> Watching Over, it. Overall, interesting experience. Very uh, interesting topics. Uh, I thought that uh, the overall kind of uh, take, take home message was really interesting. I think it was kind of like the things we do for power and also like uh, universal human experiences, which I'm always interested by. And um, I really liked that part of the show. And um, yeah, like it's hard because it's like, did I love it? I'm not like obsessed with it, but I was intrigued and I will definitely watch the second season Mm -hmm. and all of the, I also really loved all of the uh, costuming and sets. All of the houses were amazing and I just really loved all of that and the cinematography. So take that for what it's worth. Okay, well, I'm... Okay, so my crush... um, Really hard show to pick a crush from because... (laughs) No, the guys are not hot. No. And they're also not appealing, even if they... Like, no one's really, like, cute at all in personality. But I'm cheating because I'm picking two... My two favorite characters from this show, crushes on both of them, they're both crush-worthy, were the characters Bunny and Tyler... Those were mine too. We can share. There's two of them. There's two of us. We can just share. We can share. They're Perfect. the only two likable characters on this whole show by far, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, they're played by Della Saba, who I've literally never seen anything. I was, I was scrolling through her IMDb. Well, she's mostly a voice see, actor. Which, you know, I love. Yes, that's you pretty do. cool. And she was amazing. Like, I can't. I hope. I hope that she gets picked up from this because... She was really so cute and funny, but also like, like she's like doing it for herself out here too. Like she's not a perfect character either, mm-hmm. but she was just like much more appealing than anyone else. Definitely was rooting for her and her boyfriend, Tyler played by Lou Taylor Pucci, who I was like, he's in you. That's the only thing I recognize from him, but both of them were, they seemed so familiar to me, but I think it's just because they I liked them so much or something. But mm-hmm. loved it. Um, I did feel like Tyler was, uh, kind of looked like me, but in male form. <laughs> <laughs> well, his, he has Taylor in his name. That I wow, just that, realized I, I that need, his hair. Weird. His hair was very Taylor Goff esque. Yeah, it you was don't like, have you don't. Maybe, I think his goatee distracted me from seeing the true <laughs> family resemblance. But wow. That's so hilarious. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm with you. Those were my two. Um, also, give it up to the uh, their daughter. She was really cute. Yeah, and she I'm was interested good. to see how her story plays out in season two. I'm literally surprised she's not dead. Yeah, me too. But yeah. Um. All right. Well, there you have it. Physical on Apple TV Plus. Uh, let us know if you've watched it. What you're thinking. I'd love to talk about it with anyone and everyone. And Same. yeah, that's all. Uh, please catch up on White Lotus and cannot wait to discuss it next week. Very excited. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.